You are now listening to the Friends of Friends podcast. Curiosity is is what kind of keeps you going. And whether it's what's next, I'm curious about that. Like so much of my time that's even spent in the now is worried about my curiousness for the future. Hello and welcome back to the Friends of Friends podcast. Today we are joined by an up-and-coming graphic designer and all-around pop culture fanatic. He is always up to date on the latest and greatest trends within music, fashion, design, sports, and of course, food. To this day, he has always stuck out in the room because of the amazing questions he asked. Now it's time for us to return the favor. Here is Ben Cadwell. Hard to beat an introduction like that. I appreciate that. So yeah, we gotta give I'm some love. Myself up, but um, he basically hit the marks for me. So sounds about right. All right, let's jump into these these questions, JJ. Okay, so what has been your favorite portfolio project? thus far not anyone's school related a project i did with wow hall which is a non-profit uh, music venue here in eugene has a lot of history in it and they were kind of struggling during covid and a friend of mine who volunteered there was like hey uh, i think i have a freelancing gig for you uh, we'd love to bring you on for your design work to help us throw like a, a virtual live stream event 45th annual anniversary celebration i think is what we called it Basically, you know, created a whole brand identity, all the animations, helped with the event promotion, that stuff. But that one's by far the one I'm most proud of. And it's, it's the no- number one one on my portfolio in terms of order, just because it was one that wasn't guided. It was one with full creative freedom. And I think just that stuck with me. Also, it helping the community definitely played a bigger a- uh, aspect to it of me. You know, we, our goal was to raise 500 bucks and we ended up raising like 9,000 by the end of the night. Jeez. So, so just that in itself, just kind of the work paying off and just kind of jumping on a whim. And that that's was coming. Up. That's this week, right? The so that was one. This I'm I'm talking about one in the past tense that I believe okay. months ago, probably December. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one coming up is another one that's celebrating um, black creatives and black artists around Portland and the kind of underground community that my friend and I just kind of keep putting on. We keep trying to get bigger and bigger, trying to get, you know, these sponsorships from TriMet, from the city, these spaces, whether they're virtual or in person. I got to really give kudos to my friend. His name's Gabriel Gonzaga Valenzuela because he's a hustler on the emails and I'm just kind of on the design front. And I've always told him, I'm like, hey, let me know what you need me to do and I'll do it. Um, Yeah. Shout out GGV. He's the one putting in the time to kind of make those deals and and those moments happen. But definitely those are my proudest moments so far in my young career. That's dope. And would you say you thrive on things being more organic? Do you think that makes you more creative in a sense instead of being forced? I think that's how all the best ideas happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the stuff like cut the bullshit, cut the crap, you know, cut the guidelines in a way, you know, use them respectfully, use them as a benchmark, but then be able to create something new that doesn't necessarily feel like it was forced. Structured. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like just kind of makes sense. You know, maybe it's moving on a different schedule. Maybe it's really fast. Maybe it's really slow. Regardless of the speed, I just think those moments when it might be just colleagues coming together and being like, hey, I have an idea to do this. Right. Like, okay, we need to target this audience with this vehicle of medium, you know, which advertising is. It's like, hey, we have an audience that we need to tap in with. What do you guys think would work? How would we there? Blah, blah, blah. You know, you go down the line. But like, I don't know, I, you know, I haven't seen professionally enough if that exi- exists in the next steps of the next, you know, 
after college, after agency, real life work. I'm sure it does somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, hopefully, fingers crossed. Right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think, I think when you just got friend, friends first, people that are colleagues first rather than just partners, um, gotcha. I think always come up with the best ideas. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Friends of friends come up with the best ideas. I'm just, just you saying. It. You heard it. Um, not saying I'm marketing genius, but it's in the works. So when you do have projects within deadlines, how do you put yourself in a creative space? What does the creative space look like? Can it be anywhere? Do you need quietness? Like, what do you need? I would say my inspiration comes to me, like most people, kind of like lightning, like really quick, it's fast, and you don't know like what to do with it immediately. You know, you're not like sure, like, should I jump on this? Like, I just got inspired. Like, should I hop on Photoshop and try and design something like this or do something? Yeah. But I guess to your point, like creative process, I sit in front of my desktop, I light a candle. Usually it's like cocoa and bergamot. Yes, yes sir. You got to get the vibes right. Yes, sir. That <laughs> going. Um, I, I, I play music. I, I, I use music to fill every void of silence in my life. I've been that way my whole life. I'm an only child, so I don't have any siblings, but I've always had a really good group of friends around me and family. As you guys both know, the Franzes, those are my neighbors, so that's family from a family. Shout out uh, to Franz. Right. But um, always surrounded by music. I got about like 20 tabs open on my desktop at any given <laughs> moment. I'll start off with you. So depending on when I end my tabs at the end of the day, it shows you how like fucking spaced out I am, honestly. Right. Um, but those constants exist. I drink lots of water. I listen to music on repeat, maybe some sports radio. And I just try and enter like a state of play. You know, like I just try and not put pressure on it. The first thing I create is shit. Always, yeah. always shitty. I, like the, the first document I open, it will never be the right one. So, and it usually takes me 24 hours to go back and look and be like, all right, there might be something there. All right, you can yeah. get a new eye. But that first day I get anything and I start playing around with is usually shit. So <laughs> it's good for me to like sleep on something and then come back to it. But the two constants are like just kind of atmosphere. I like to clean my room before I get really busy just because I don't want like a crowded desk or anything. Yeah, yeah definitely. Sure. Those are the two. Keeping it organic. Yeah, keeping it organic. So when you run into a creative block, how do you overcome it? I mean, you kind of stated a little bit, like you, you sleep on it, maybe. You know, if, I'm, if I got like a, a deadline, deadline, I definitely like try and get inspired by things I see, you know, whether that's Instagram Explore page. I've learned all my design skills off YouTube University. I might as well put that on my resume. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real thing. Honestly, I just try and go back to myself and like not put pressure on myself to create something because when I do put pressure on myself to create something, I realize that it's not something that's myself or it's not something that's based in my true thinking. It's either based off someone else's or it's just trying to look like that. If I create a block, I'm just trying to go back to the drawing board and just try and get inspired again. Uh, maybe take a long, hot shower, to be honest, just to try to clear the head. Uh, I go on runs if I get frustrated enough with creative work. That's a way I try and just, you know, kind of step away from the computer. Yeah, gotcha. alleviate it. It's been so hard this past year with COVID virus to step away. And maybe it's like, you know, put it down and go out with your friends and enjoy that. But that's taken away. So, you know, I'm spending like, you know, six to 10 hours every day on a computer. 
And it's hard for me not to get burnt out a little bit. It's hard for the days not to fade into one another. But the general consensus of when I need to step away from frustration is just just do something for yourself. Just don't do anything for anyone else. Don't try and focus on anyone else. Just whatever feeds you in the moment is what you need to do, whether it's going to grab a six-pack or order and take out or anything along those lines. Just just do it for yourself and get get out of the way or the, the mode that blocked you in the first place. Wise words from Ben, stay true. Stay true to you. So I know you said you go to social media for design ideas, but where else do you go for for a little inspiration? I have a collection of books behind me that have been untapped. And that is the most, is one of the things I wrote down big time the other day. It was just like, read these things. Things to do, yeah. Books behind your back. <laughs> You've asked for them have given to them because you thought you got some use out of them and you just still haven't read them. So I need to go there more in terms of grabbing inspiration. But honestly, inspiration comes from a couple of things I've said already, which is social media. Um, you know, either it's your explore page, either it's something you saw, uh, YouTube, any of those things just kind of give you that little spark to kind of be like, okay, wait, I can try that it's so easy to get caught up in feeling like you're an imposter when you do that. When you, when you see someone else's design or you see a tutorial and you got to redo it yourself to understand it, but then you don't know how to do anything else with it. It's so easy to feel like that's not mine, yeah. but I'm, you know, trying to work with the language that everyone's doing this, you know, everyone's got a way yeah. to, you know, everyone's basing this stuff off of things that they see, things that they like. And it's kind of this big echo chamber of, of thought in that, in that way. Um, essentially nothing's new nothing's in a new. sense yeah yeah everything's recycled yeah in a different perspective though like i would say that people definitely add their own spice on things but you yeah. can definitely see the trends you see the trends and you know and, and yeah. you know it's not like the instagram instagram explore pages filled with uh you know the emo goth boy e-boy like <laughs> stuff and that's why i'm grabbing my inspiration for design. right yeah no, it's like I follow, you know, special accounts that definitely like are geared towards my interest. And I see my style rapidly changing with how the things I see come into play. You know, I'm such, we are such as humans, just such a thing of what we consume, whether that's mm-hmm. our eyes, our stomachs, our hearts, our minds. Um, you know, we are so much that and we so much tether ourselves to that. I would just say, you know, it's it's hard to grab inspiration, but you know, it's easy to grab inspiration, but it's harder to hold on to it. And I think the mm. stuff holding on is the stuff that instinctively reflects you in some way. Whether it's whether it's a piece of art that you see and you're being like, Oh, I could do that, or it's a piece of art that you see and you'd be like, I wanna try that. You kinda wanna embody it, take it in on your own, rather than just recreate constantly. And so I've got I've had some you know, success in myself, at least in terms of just kind of learning something, sitting it down, coming back to it, playing with uh-huh. it, and then finding something that actually speaks to my style. Or something. So do you think it's important to be curious about all aspects of life? God, I, I, I hope so. I hope people are. <laughs> like, I think, I think curiosity is, is what, kind of keeps you going and whether it's it's such a vague term right curious like i'm curious what's next i'm curious about that like so much of my time 
that's even spent in the now is worried about my curiousness for the future, whether it's mm. you know, anxieties, thinking about what's to come. Am I going to be ready? What do I got to do to get ready? That's basically how I live. It's like I live in the moment. I'm curious, yeah. The next moment, um, how, do I, how I can get there. And so I think it's, it's important to just have your ears connected and your eyes connected to a lot of different things. You can grab a lot of different inspiration. Um, but I think you should always be consuming something. Um, you know, I definitely think there's like a bad way of consumption. And there's definitely things you shouldn't consume too much of. Like, you know, if you go on Snapchat and you read the Daily Mail every day, there's no... <laughs> <laughs> Not getting any information out of that, bro. Not little bit mushy you know like it's just becoming a little bit too too easy to digest that kind of stuff and that becomes the real deal and there's no flack on anyone that does that it's really not a shot at anyone um but that's just the kind of stuff that i see like over time dwindles people out to where they get to a place of like status quo or what they try and do is just what the other person's doing yeah rather i try and consume to take things and be like oh wait i saw how like I'll watch a commercial or I'll watch ESPN Monday Night Football back when that was on and I, the motion graphics, you know, like the, the type of sound design that they place with all those things, that gets me inspired. So I'm watching football, trying to hit a parlay bet, <laughs> put my $10 down, turn it into a good 90. Um, and we flip it again. <laughs> my bank account can't handle my loads sports gambling parlays addiction, but uh, it's just like you got to be open in the moment to just kind of latching on to things, but also being okay with letting them go, but also being okay with digesting that information, digesting that inspiration and funneling it back to you to see if, if it actually connects or stays with you. So to the original question, yes, stay curious. I'm curious. Why not be curious? Yeah. Why not? Totally agree. So what would you say your favorite design principles are to follow? Or do you just like to freely put shit out on, on Photoshop and Illustrator and whatever else Adobe offers? You know, I need to go back over the principles. Me and you, Devin, uh, shared a class last year with Ewald, our kind of like mentory faculty advisor, design and tech. And he kind of tried to drill in the principles and at that moment, I wasn't malleable enough, open enough to being like really digesting them. I also wasn't good enough as a designer to really take them into effect and really use them. So I think going back to the basics is something I need to go do next. I think if I, I master those, I know I'll be good next time. But when it comes when it comes to just time to design, always open Photoshop first and just throw in all my layers. I never name them. All I'm handing. It's the most disgusting PSD file you could have ever seen. You know? <laughs> like it, it might as well have Cheeto dust in between each layer, how gross it is. But in those moments, I'm just like constantly throwing, you know, shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. That's, that's it. And I want to give myself as many options and as much time to try and find what works. And the first two hours spent on any project for me is just, it's not good as in like nothing is good is really going to come out of it. It's going to let me get all my ideas out at once. It's, yeah. Let me this photo, throw it on here. Let me throw this photo, throw it on here. Okay. Change the blending modes. Okay. That's not working. Find another thing. And then be like, Oh wait, here's the moment. Here's the gotcha. off. 
So I guess in those in those spells, I just like to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And I try not to judge myself. Those first uh, that's the hardest part is those first two hours. You're like, okay, I have something to do. Okay, none of it's working. I'm so bad. Why can't I do this? What's wrong? <laughs> Why isn't this working? All this stuff goes runs through my head when I'm in those moments. And then there's a point where something works. And then you kind of just sit back in your chair. You kind of relax for a second. You're like, okay, now I can dive down that rabbit hole and feel like that's the right one to jump into. So, yeah, that's, that's basically how I do it. Would you rather work in-house or for an agency? It's been so, it's been so funny because if you would ask me at three separate points, four separate points in my life, you'd get four separate answers, obviously. SOJC as much as they've, they've given me in, in strength and communication and camaraderie and, you know, ideas and prospects, possibilities, um, they really funnel you towards an agency route. They really, I've, I've always joked about it. They want you to jump in an agency, climb the ladders, make your own agency, and then donate enough money to get yourself a new room in Allen Hall, you know? I mean, you know that's how universities work across campuses, right? Like that's what they want you to do. They want their alumni is who they are. But similarly, not to beat the dead horse, but in the class that me and Devin shared last spring term, you know, Ewald brought one of his friends in who was this total in-house guy. and was just like, agency is dead. Like all these big clients that they get, they hand them like the piss work, you know, they hand them the grunt work, the stuff that they don't want to do in-house. So that was the first time I was like, oh, wait, what? I was like, huh? I was like, wait, so the agencies are just doing like the bottom tier level work that gets shown on the TV or whatever and then how stuff's doing the big projects. I remember that sticking with me and me being like, okay, wait, maybe doubt the system, you know, maybe doubt the hegemony that's been created around you, you know, maybe start questioning it a little bit more. And then COVID hit and then you hear about, okay, everyone's losing their jobs ad agencies kind of on a pause. It's hard for people to get in the world as it already was. And then this freelance thing pops up. And then you hear these people successfully freelancing their entire life for freelancing their way into agencies. And then you hear about agencies doing like, okay, we don't want to hire somebody on full time. We need somebody to help with this project. So they freelance. So I think not only is in-house and agency the options, the other option is freelance and doing it your own which to me has been the most appealing because, you know, as much as I'm filling out these job apps, trying to get a job, I'm like, man, am I really trying to do a job right now? Like, am I really, I'm like 22. Am I ready to jump into a 40 hour work week till I'm fucking 64 and get two weeks vacation possibly? I'm like, am I ready for that? And I've had some success freelancing. I've gotten some opportunities that are kind of coming on the doorstep, hopefully in terms of freelance work. So, I would say out of those two options, going back to the original question, definitely applying to agencies because I think the environment there is something that I'd like to experience at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a unique thing about the ad world is that experience of environmental environment. But other than that, I would say long-term in-house and then longer-term freelance, making something of my own is definitely the goal. He's keeping his options open, ladies and gentlemen. He's keeping his options open. He's a businessman. <laughs> now that you've finished college, is there anything you wish you did differently? And on the flip of this question, are there any things that you're particularly proud of? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I love that this question came up, and I was obviously kind of prepping myself for this kind of question. And that's one of the shameful things about this whole COVID thing is that you're so sad about the bittersweetness of this ending yeah. in terms of how it came to be. You know, didn't expect this, didn't think about this. You know, I got my roommates outside, one of them who I've lived with since freshman year in the dorms. And we definitely were just looking at each other like, well, didn't see this coming. <laughs> Four years later, things I did better, man. The problem is when I'm looking back on my college career, it's like I only really had one good full year. I only had one really year where I was like in my stride. And it was, the, it was last year in my junior year. And it was because... You know, I made some some big changes in my life, at least with relationships around me. And I basically just asked myself, yo, if I get out of college with 30K in debt and I did X, Y, Z wrong, I fucked up. Like, yeah, I didn't make it my own. I didn't make it this experience that it needs to be. I didn't make the connections. And for the first two years, I was just, you know, first year it's summer camp. You know, you're living on your own for the first time. Second year, you kind of just get a weird drought. I was kind of living weird in a weird situation, kind of far away from, from other people and just never felt right. And then junior year, I was like, fuck all that. I'm going to burn that, you know, my safety net to the ground and I'm just going to start doing stuff for myself. And that was the year where I just saw so much growth. Um, so definitely, <laughs> I guess my thing I regret is not doing what my gut told me years before and started living for myself, living for my future self earlier. You know, not being afraid to ask for help, not being afraid to be myself, not being afraid, yeah. Yeah. Not afraid to be vulnerable. Like all those things that I was like boxing myself in, I guess I look back in hindsight and being like, damn, you kind of fucked up there. Uh, things I'm proud of, the exact vice versa, yin and yang, is that moment. You know, like I hate that word. I've always hated that word. Everyone ever tells me that they're proud of me. It always just puts this pressure Internally, I have this person on my shoulder saying, but you ain't do nothing yet. Right. You ain't, you have, imagine if you actually worked harder. Imagine if you actually spent 50% of time you doing X into Y. Um, you know, imagine how far you'd be. Um, and I've always had that mentality around that word. I never latched onto it and took it as like a real compliment. But for myself, when I do look back in those moments, I can't say I'm proud of that moment because it has drastically changed my life. And it has drastically changed who the man I am in the moment is. So I'm proud of, of making those decisions yourself. Yeah. So it's cool to, cool to see the growth from year one to year four, because you get to senior year and you're like, damn, you know what? I, I actually have turned something into to what I thought was nothing. Nothing's into something, man. And um, I would just say to that, like one of the things in my, my saving grace is like, actually design work what makes me want to be a designer is just that it's like the measurement of growth you can have look at your last project as shit and you know your next project is the best one coming that's yeah. the mentality i have towards everything it's like my old stuff sucks even if it's okay even if it's good even if it's great from some people's perspective i think it sucks i'm ready for the next thing that i'm going to be better at and that's been a saving grace throughout all of this is looking at the first photoshop thing i made of that i thought was cool you know what i'm doing now you know, it's like light years ahead and for a guy who titles himself as a designer slash art director or whatever the fuck you want to call me, creative, whatever, that's been a saving grace is like you can actually measure your growth in the design field because 
you actually get better at this stuff and you get to visually put it out. You make yeah. a output that is a representation of your skill. And if you can watch that grow and get better and learn throughout it. You love that shit, yeah. That's been a saving grace throughout this whole thing is I never thought I'd want to title myself as a designer two years ago. I didn't think I was going to be a designer today. I don't really I title myself as that, but I know I'm not. That's that's definitely been a saving grace throughout the whole process. Definitely. That's awesome. So now we are going to transition to our little fast questionnaire round. I'm going to let JJ start these questions off. Fire it off, JJ. First question we have for you, MMA or boxing? MMA. So a huge MMA guy. It was quick. Quick answer. Definitely. <laughs> I'm taking boxing lessons. It's been something I've done since the past, like, four months, and I've been really – I like it. Like, you know, not only – Every man wants to know how to throw a good punch and, and right. themselves. If they'll be the man in the moment when something needs to happen, I'm sure we've all been in a in a couple of <laughs> in our lives. If they went good or bad, but um, boxing is just something fun. It's a great outlet. Um, it's a great thing to learn. It's a full body exercise. Once you do enough boxing lessons with a real box boxing trainer, or boxing coach, you're like you look at those guys and you're That's like different, yeah. Like Canelo right now on another level, you know, like he can, he'll beat out anybody. He'll fight. He'll jump from weight class to weight class within two and a half months and whoop the guy in round three, you know, like, which is crazy to put on that much weight and cut. It's crazy. But right now, MMA is just on fire. I would say the problem with me in boxing is it's not unified enough. There's too many companies that own belts. There's too many fighters that have to do cross promotions and own different belts where it's hard to funnel it in. Whereas the UFC, while there are other businesses that do MMA, mixed martial arts, mm-hmm. you have at the top, it's easy to follow the rankings. You care, you follow the egos, you follow the hype trains more easily and you get fights every Saturday, which has been, right. you know, and all these, you know, super fights going on. You got championships, belts passing around. You got crazy controversy, motherfuckers, you know, throwing illegal knees in a championship match. <laughs> and maybe lose a shit ton of money. A definitely MMA kind of guy right now. And it's only been something I got into quarantine because of the, the sheer brutality of it. Like, you know, for a lot of people, it turns them off. But for me, wrapping my head around this, these dudes who just all they know what to do is fight. and like, Is to ruin another body. Yeah. Go out there and demolish a guy. Just no friends, no love. And then I just think about, like, in those moments, like they train for 10 weeks, whatever. And then you, what, what about those guys that just wake up and have a – I didn't sleep well. I just have a bad <laughs> – they got to fight at 8 p.m. And they're about yeah. to get caught by some monster. They're in trouble. Yeah. Or just, 4 a.m. in Dubai, whatever it was. The body switch and the sleep schedule. So it's been something – the, the real honesty and like the brutality of it for some reason is really attached myself throughout it throughout quarantine. All right. Second question for you. Favorite food spot in Portland besides Eam with McKenzie. Oh, did some research. <laughs> did some research. I was about to just scream it. <laughs> Fuck man. I go to eat. I go to Eam a couple times a week. Over there. It's right by my house. So I had to throw it out. Fuck, dude. Brisket, white curry. So good. Um, there's so many spots, you know, it depends what type of food I'm into. I'm doing Thai, I'm doing Eam, 
if I'm doing, you know, Hawaiian, I'm doing 808 or no's. If I'm doing teriyaki, it's hard not to go to do's, even though in my heart, I'm a rice and spice kid. Right. Come on now. We all know, you know. That's the high school go to. Lunch time, had to push it. Yeah. You know, I go to Jack's Chicken. I try and go to Jack's Chicken every time I'm back in Portland. Okay. That man cultured. It's a staple. If if I uh, unfortunately the past few times I've been in Portland I haven't made it to that fifteenth or tenth on Alberta, but that that in the summer is I probably go once a week sort of thing. Five bucks, three wings, JoJo's. Come on, you can't beat it. Easy, easy. So so much good food in Portland. I I still think my next favorite restaurant is my favorite restaurant is something I haven't tried yet, Um, which is kind of a beautiful feeling about that city. It's like you know you can always go home and try something that you didn't expect. Um, my favorite breakfast spots that's low key is called Blackheart PDX. And I think it's on Belmont. So check that if you ever need a place. Bet. So favorite thing to do in your free time? When I allow myself to have free time, which is rare. <laughs> pressure on myself to just keep working, whether that's redoing my portfolio, working on class projects, or just doing something for myself. It's really hard for me to give myself permission to do those things. I've gotten better at it, but it's still a work in progress. Um, to be honest, I'm watching YouTube. Like, you know, people ask me like, what shows you watch? What shows should I watch? I'm like, I'm not on the Netflix Hulu grind. Like I'll go to those for my classics. I'll go to those to watch a movie, if yeah. I'm, but I'm always on YouTube and I'm always on YouTube to learn something, whether it's listening to people talk about something or to learn a tutorial. That's what I do, which then in my free time puts me into a design space, puts me into that, that kind of state of play that I was talking about where you, you put those guidelines aside, you put those judgments aside, and you're just kind of in the moment. And that was Definitely. one of the things I noticed and what made me feel so good about the design route of things, you know, whatever that means, is that I would start and then I would look at the clock and it would be like two or three hours later and I wouldn't have noticed but I felt like something was going good. It was just that that kind of that kind of transportation of Yeah, you feel swallowed by it. Yeah, it was just it was just something that stuck out to me and made me feel like, okay, that's good. Because never in my life have I been able to do that. I've always been anxious about time. And so my, my biggest anxiety for sure. What's coming? What's next? What's on my plate? How much time do I got in a day to figure out what I can do? It's always been the thing you know, gives me insecurity in a way, you know, even when I'm driving, I'm like, if I take a left here right now before this, you know, this light, am I going to save 15 seconds on my day in my life? (laughs) Right. how I fucking think about the world. So one of the, so that's my saving grace when it comes to the, those design moments is like, you know, just step back. I've been a big fan of making sports graphics, big fan of making motion graphics, Um, you know, learning. My next step is learning 3d motion you know, learning Blender, learning Cinema 4D, learning Spline, all these different outlets. Um, that way, going user design. Kind of am. And that's been something, you know, actually in my free time, I redesigned my portfolio. And I prided myself on learning Webflow, which is this kind of unique uh, portfolio website builder that allows for a lot more creativity and a lot of more custom code. So I spent like probably like 60 to 80 hours on my portfolio just building and burning, building and burning and learning stuff. And that's been a real passion of mine is like learning that user experience design, a user interface design, 
because I think it's such an, an important piece of design that everyone takes for granted. Like yeah. he thinks about what the buttons look like on Apple. They just click them. But I guarantee you there's someone who's thought a shit ton about what those buttons look like and the effects that they give people. And if they're, you know, and websites, how easy it is. Yeah. It's so overlooked. Websites are so built on templates. Now they're so cut, you know, easy blue collar stuff. And that's all dandy. But when you see a website that's different, that like encourages a choice, encourages a behavior, that stuff is like, it gives me butterflies. Like there's some great web website examples out there of just like people pushing websites to the max, to the limit. I think that stuff's so inspirational because as kids of the internet, we've grown up with all this stuff for granted. You know, like as much as we have seen the change, as much as we went from, you know, the TV, wheeling TVs in in the classroom with a giant like 50 pound TV that, you know, everyone like pull out your laptops and let's stream something. Yeah. Uh, as much as we are those, that kid is of those generation. Pull out your iPad. And taking no. those things for granted. Web design is that thing that stays consistent and will stay consistent for the next X amount of years. And I think the people that learn that stuff and learn how people interact with our designs rather than just look at them is something super interesting to me. What would you say your go-to outfit for a party is? COVID safe party. I, there's never a right answer. I got, I'll clean my room and then by the time I get one fit on, the whole, the whole room's in there. I got to try and burn, you know. I got to, my first thought is not the best thought. I mean, go to a fit for a party, Devin. You've seen me in the party. I'm low-key fitted sometimes. I think I'm <laughs> quarantine has gotten me to a point where I have to relearn how to dress up. I'm like, look good. I'm worried about care. it. Yeah. Like, it was a muscle that I've been working and flexing, and then now it's like, oh, shit, dude. Like, like actually, good practice a little more. Um, I mean, I always wear black or white for some reason. Um, I mean, they're low-key and all white, low-key and all black. <laughs> Um, throwing the fits together. Uh, I don't have a specific go-to. Um, it could either be a pair of customizable chucks to some, like my, Ro my Air Jordan Royals, Black Toes, better backboards, metallic fives. You know, I don't, I don't try and put too much pressure on it, but... Yeah, keeping a rotation. Yeah, I don't you really have... Sounds like you throw a slight flex in there. You know, I do. <laughs> Bit. It's real slight, yeah. Got it, got it, got it, got to point out the details. Got to point out the details. So, top three artists out now, in your opinion? Are we talking like this period, like over time and the whole their whole discography? Or are we talking like who's coming up right now and who's the hottest? Uh, just right now, who's the hottest? Who's got it? Got it going? I mean, I'd be I'd be spin to admit that Drake is not, you know. Yeah, I'm so he's he's coming back out. I mean, for a lot of people, they'd probably call it weird, but like pretty much a Drake stand over here. I just think how he raps. Somehow that man is so fucking rich, and he'll make me feel like you know, listen to that lemon pepper freestyle. It'll make me feel like I'm in my Volvo, but I'm sitting in a Benz. You know, like it's just somehow <laughs> rich ass is relatable. And I don't get it. I don't know how he crafts his words and does those things, but he finds those ways to make his memories, his nostalgia feel like yours. And for some reason, yeah. that's sticking out to me for forever. Um, huge Baby Kim guy. 
excited for yes, what, sir. Excited for what him and PG Lang got going. I think those were the yeah, most exciting ads I've seen in the past year. If anyone's in the advertising world and hasn't checked out PG Lang's advertisements with Calvin Klein, run to it right now. Um, Dave Free is one of the best directors in the game, and they're putting on people in the underground that are going to be big. They're putting up Portland kids, filmmakers and stuff. So Baby Keem's in there as well. It's hard not to say Little Baby with the year that he's had in terms of just like actually being consistent um, and actually dropping like good good music at the moment. Um, I love love him recently. Oh wait, well, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Wait, hold on. My third one is Benny the Butcher. No questions about it. No questions. Yeah, that's a good correction right there. Correction. Yeah, Little Baby was 2020. Now we're going Benny the Butcher for forever. Um, it, oh. Fuck, this is such a hard question for you guys. Because then I was about to say, okay, what about Freddie Gibbs? Like Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> true, right, true, yeah. true, true, true. Freddie been shitting on everybody. Every day. I listen to Drake every day. I listen to Baby Keem probably every day. So those are my four that I go to automatically to put me in at whatever mood. I'll be folding my my laundry, my white t-shirts to Benny the Butcher, and I'll feel like, you know, I just sold crap for some reason. Um <laughs> Uh, but he he's so good you know i just feel like i can't wait for him for the masses to get a hold of him in a way because i know even when he gets the masses he'll still be like fuck y'all you know like I'm right. so, and i think he's so authentic and that's the same thing with freddie gibbs same thing with baby keem not sure if you can say that about drake about being the most authentic but he's vulnerable but yeah. i think the last three artists that i mentioned are so unique and authentic that they occupy a space on their own that nobody else can invade. And I think that's one of the most attractive things about their music is that you turn on their songs and you know nobody else can make a song like that. Absolutely. You're true. Genuine. So who would you say you draw your, your creative side from? I know you're the only child, so who's your most creative parent? Yeah, so, you know, I think every kid is like, they grow up, you know, they're in high school. They're like, I'm my parents. I'm my parents. Like, I don't want to be like them. I'm so different, blah, blah, blah. Then I ended up in college and I ended up being business, right? I was trying to separate myself. My mom graduated from U of O um, with an ad degree in copywriting. And I was like, I'm going to be business. I'll be different. And then I found myself right into advertising. <laughs> A little bit something different. And as much as I credit my mom, for being a very straight edge person, you know, not, not the type to break the law, not the type to step out, not the time to even like really get out of pocket or step out of, you know, step out of line. Um, you know, she always reminds me, she's like, yeah, you know, I won best personality in high school, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so as I grow older, I definitely get my creative side from her. Um, I get my morals and my hard work and like my, my, my inner compass from my dad He's very much like a kid at heart, but he's very much a family man. and He works really hard for me and my mom. And so I kind of take that on in terms of the logistics of self. But I'd say creatively, I come from my mom, even though I don't see how our two creatives are any too similar. Right. Uh, we get to them. But yeah, definitely mom. All right. Last question for you. Friends of Friends podcast or any other podcast? Oh. Friends of friends. I was just listening to you guys before I helped <laughs> you guys in the shower, no homo, but like, um, I was listening to, uh, Teddy Poppics. You know, I don't even know the guy, never even been in the same room with him. That was a great down to earth interview. And I love his work from afar. 
you guys are so refreshing and it's just fun to actually know the people that are doing a podcast. Um, it's so unique in that way. So friends of friends podcasts are the answer. That's huge. We've been endorsed Thank by you. every Thank day you. so far. So I'm just saying. Right, 100%, 100% on that question. Oh, yeah, yeah, I bet. We just want to thank you for joining us on the Friends of Friends podcast. So now if you want to plug anything or shout out anyone, the mic is all yours. Um, shout out JJ Wells. Shout out Devin Myers uh, for grinding and then doing the hard work behind the scenes later at night than they want to be. You know, this is for them. It's a passion project. You know, like they're not looking for a, a dollar amount out of this. They're doing this because they think this is important, whether it's a reflection of self or for other people in terms of hearing their stories or hearing their, their input. So shout out you guys for at least allowing people the chance to, you know, get into this scene. I feel like this is my Golden Globes moment. Like if I get on the stage, like who am I supposed yeah. to thank? Just don't we, get emotional. <laughs> you guys cut me off um uh shout out my parents for just being so unconditionally loving of myself and for supplying everything that i have in some way or form uh shout out my friends who have been my friends since first grade shout out my lovely girlfriend uh, Mackenzie cosgrove she is what inspires me and keeps me motivated she's better at me than all this design stuff so i just i'm on my toes when i'm around her and i'm just trying to you know be the best for her um, she's a baller you gotta um, but yeah I mean I think that's it like I don't know I don't know who else to thank like either it's from my parents you guys for allowing me the opportunity to come on here my girlfriend for you know loving me and, and inspiring me um, other than that I gotta thank myself for you know getting myself to where I am and every day trying to make the best of it whenever it comes however it comes so that's what I got Salute. Thank you all for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and share with your friends. And for further updates about the podcast and episodes, follow us on Instagram at friendsoffriends.pod. Thank you.